y'all, this is John Quell Jones. This is Mike Strong with the Indianapolis Colts. Yo, it's your boy Buddy here. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged in the 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. 10th year seniors. You're logged in with 10th year seniors. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is the accredited, I guess. I probably shouldn't say that with a question mark. But anyway, I am joined in studio by a very special guest. Nationally renowned assistant coach of the senior men's basketball team. High of a triumph in the second window of the 2023 FIBA World Cup qualifiers where the Bahamas had a thrilling victory against our arch nemesis USVI. Ladies and gentlemen, John Marknut. It was a wild one. That's all I know. It was it was a wild trip. And I want you all to know right now that he is wearing every moment of this trip in the studio. It's just, like I said, it's, it, it's, it's a trip that you go on and you have to take on multiple roles. And I bet you did. Yeah, damn right. Um, but no, you have to take on multiple roles on, on this trip because it's not only... We struggle as a federation. That's just reality. So you have 15 hats. Yeah. And literally, it's being an assistant coach, which it's just... Where the hell did that come from? Yeah. I mean, so yesterday, and <laughs> I don't I don't know the order that you're listening to, to this to, right? But so me and Kari did a casuals basketball podcast, and we started by just saying, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> like, we, when you think of 10YS, right, we just started as... One day we was like, we talk all this stuff all the time. Let's just put this stuff out on the internet. And that has turned into people having legit careers. <laughs> that has turned into you being a national team coach. Like, what are we doing? What is happening? I, I don't, don't know. even understand it, it, it. It's success. It's the success of the brand. No, it's um pretty much, like I said, the federation's in financial strains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually go on every trip because there's multiple rules that you have to pull. I've been around the team for six, seven years. I know the players. I know the offense. I know the defense. It's and you practice, and, and I and I actually practice this round because of health and safety protocol for with a player. no cartilage or anything. Not and just getting buckets, bucket. But um, no, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. It's, I I went on knowing what my role was going to be as an assistant coach. It wasn't really to do X's and O's. It was more of the game management of players fouls like you know you always have to have someone on we got to get you to play this up intangibles yeah intangibles. the stuff that you can't yeah. measure no you you gotta just have a feel for it like you know what you are the fixer that yeah. actually is your job though yeah you're no. the fixer but i'm just saying like i knew what my role was coming in and i feel i mean people might take this the wrong way but some people when you get to this level and i get it like there's aspirations for people Honestly, my aspiration isn't to be a head coach. Of course not. I mean, we yeah. know that. That's it's, why it was it, funny it, to yeah, us. It, but also my aspiration is not to be a coach, but I know enough to, to help, right? Yeah. Sometimes it helps with the people when you come on a trip and you have one voice and you have one coach and everyone's on the same page and the players see it. The players enjoy, you know, they just enjoy it. Like they, I know all the players very well. So they enjoy the time. I make, you know, it's laughing. I actually had to wear a suit. 
Like, Which was, by the way, the second most ridiculous part of the whole thing after the fact that you are a national team <laughs> assistant coach. When we saw the suit picture, me and Kyrie was like, Jesus Christ, what is happening? It, and it was funny because everyone from FIBA saw me and they were just like, oh, man. Never. They, no, like, they, they, never they were like, they were not expecting that. But no, it's just, it was just a crazy time. Um, thankfully, I left Miami, so I didn't have to do any crazy flying there. Yeah. Um, being an assistant coach, I had to upgrade the business class. Well, as as per the yeah. position expects. Yeah, you know no, no. Pretty much um, my theory on that is if the Federation is going to buy me a ticket, I'm going to upgrade. Like, Fair enough. It's just like, whatever, I'm going to upgrade the comfort and live with that. So I want to take it back to before this window is even actually played because you talk about all your different roles and a big role for us was getting the conversation started on funding. Yeah. And we never actually spoke on it in the moment because we wanted things to play out the way it actually did. Like nothing was by mistake. That was calculated for it yeah. to pan out that way but just in terms of like you mentioned earlier the federation struggling the federation yeah. has been struggling but things were able to come together for this trip to happen and i think it's kind of it, it's almost perfect like sort of a po sort of poetic justice that they actually went out and won the game yeah. after having to do all that work just to get money to go yeah no it's crazy because it's opening doors for us for the future yeah. Two. So it's not just the the whole objective wasn't to say we just need money for this. The objective is we need money to fund the program from the junior level to the senior levels. It just that happens that the senior program is the biggest program, the biggest names. And you got to be honest when you have the 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 buddy heels, the John Cole Jones comments in it, that means there's traction there. And the comment that gets is that buddy said, "What was it? This is the best chance we have to qualify." Yeah. Right. So literally, you have one of our top three players from this country saying, this is our best chance to qualify. We need to get a position so they can come in to help finish the job. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is a process, and I, I think the average person may not understand, but like you said, you have to get to the point where they are even available to play. So you have to get to the prestige qualifiers. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in the opening stages, like, yeah. This is, think think of it as most people here know track, right? Think of it as the at the Olympics where you run in the four by four or whatever. You yeah. got people that are just running the heats. Yeah. That's fine. But they're trying to qualify for the finals where you got your big but dogs. Everything serves its purpose. Like yeah. remember this trip started in El Salvador and it was a bunch of the college kids we were able to see. Funny story, I was actually talking to Travis, um, who was on the El Salvador trip. So he was in Turks and Caicos with Buddy. And Buddy was actually coming on the trip to El Salvador. So when Travis left to go to the airport that morning, he goes, Buddy, going to the airport. He's like, yeah, I'm not going on the trip anymore. <laughs> like that, that, and that's the end of it. Like It doesn't matter. We need to understand there's levels to this. We're, we're pulling a team together to play at a certain level. So the team we took to El Salvador won all three games. Yeah. Now, World Cup qualifies is a completely different window. And what's crazy is the team we took to play Canada would have matched up much better in this window, but injuries and scheduling conflicts. It is always something that, that doesn't help. I don't think people understand the logistics and how difficult it is. I mean, you can speak to this because you're on the inside of the whole process. Like, you know how all of it goes down, but 
the average person thinks that you can just say, hey, we have this tournament coming up. These are the 15 best players that the country has. Why are they nope. not playing? You have no idea the kind of stress, the kind of management, all the no, it's months like that goes into Literally, this. we're at the airport today because we had we just touched down. Like, we came from Santo Domingo. Me and Moses were at the airport and said, we have to start planning now. Late night? Boy, very late. Early morning? <laughs> Early morning. Okay. Um, Don't pull this in. Yeah, but... I mean, no, you go on these trips and at the same time, you're, pro- you're professional throughout the trip and then you want to have fun. Like, we did something that a lot of people... We were, A month ago, we almost were out. Yeah. we yeah. And we were almost voluntarily out by saying, hey, we're not going to do it. But now we're in the driver's seat to go to the second round. And that's why this whole story, and I think people need to understand how important it is for them to win this game given like john said where it was a month ago because we were about to withdraw like that was going to be a glaring thing on not just this administration but i think it was going to be like one of the biggest black marks against bahamas basketball forever if you have this time period with this level of talent and you have to withdraw like not even give it a shot there would have been i don't think there would have been any coming back from that no i think it it would have been been it would have been done um yeah, it would just would have been done. Players would have probably been saying, "Well, and how were you going to get people interested yeah, in the national team?" But program I'll, I'll bring that? up the John Cole Jones thing when the women's program stopped traveling as much as they traveled and had the struggles that they had. Yeah, then you lose you lose your star players, who is probably the best player in the world yeah, right now. And you need to understand it's a financial decision that, especially on the women's side, what they have to do. Like they have to make a living. They have to think about for the rest of their life. At least with the NBA players, they're getting paid really well where they could always say, yeah, we're going to come play for the Bahamas. The key to this is we're going to have to see and we're going to have to get the commitment of our players early because sometimes it takes a while to get it. And I mean, I don't mean commitment saying one month from the tournament, are we going to get a commitment? We need a commitment by the end of March for July, for August, yeah. for November. The rest of the year, we have to be ready to 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 say these are the thirty six players we're looking at in these windows combined because that's the only way. Like we have Buddy, Aiden, Kai play, we potentially could win four games in the summer, move up to five and three, and now all of a sudden we're playing. You know, one more game might get us into the World Cup. So let's talk about how important it was to get that win over oh USVI because obviously, this is the first time. <laughs> obviously, we know what we know what happened against Canada because it's Canada. Canada is a basketball powerhouse, so you're going to get blown out from Canada. Canada twice, shot sixty percent. Right? Yeah, like there but, was no there was no beat in Canada. But no, we needed the, we needed these wins to do what in terms of our standing. The biggest thing is it's USVI. Um, you know, rivalries are, th- are rivalries. Like, that's just how it is. Like, regardless, because I remember I was talking to the coaching staff from VI, and I was like, you know, there's going to be a dogfight. And I was telling everyone, I said, don't think that this is going to be a, a runaway. Um, we were favored by six. Yeah, we were favored by six. Beat the spread. Yeah, which, I mean, shocking. <laughs> no, and I say shocking because we lost Rashad that game. Yeah. Um, we didn't have Rashad. I think if we have Rashad, we win by by more. Yeah, because he's he's the guard, and then you have more bodies to be able to stay on the floor. But no, it's it's just a dogfight, and you could just see the respect that 
they have for each other playing on the court. USVA came out with an intensity, like a real intensity. They were crashing the boards. They had like 11 offensive boards in the first, like combined offensive boards, dead ball boards in the first quarter. It felt like a game seven. It had like a yeah, game no, no, seven no, and it was a game seven because we were literally saying this is the game that you to. No one wants to be in the bottom of the yeah, group. Yeah, you don't want to be exactly. Last time we lost to them by six points. We were in the bottom of the group, and now you're crawling and yeah. fighting to try to get up. Now all of a sudden we beat them with a a, a a team which had pretty much no true point guard. Like we had no true point guard. We were, we had a lot of bigs out there. Pause. But not we, really. We, it was kind. Of, I feel like that was kind of positionless basketball. What Team Bahamas was playing, like there were really nobody really had set positions. But game one was one on the shoulders of Willis Mackey. Oh and yeah, I don't think you could say enough about the performance he had, going for twenty five and ten. Two assists. He says, make sure you say the two assists. At 25, 10, and two assists because I'm sure those assists came at very opportune times. <laughs> Got to get that in there, but that was that was his game. Like that was that was his star turn for his national team career. Oh yeah, no. Um, and I was telling the coach staff before. I was like, I think Willis is going because a lot of them were like, Willis, he hasn't produced the last couple times playing national team El Salvador. Um, that first window against Canada, was Canada guys. Um, so and I told them, I said, no, Mal- Willis, the matchup with Willis against USVI. He has the matchup advantage of pretty much every player. You see every player, even if he had was um, guarded by Christmas, he was able to move past him. He was able to play his nat- more natural position of the four as opposed to playing out of position at the five. And that's what's important, too, because even Travis, Travis, he almost had a triple-double. Him becoming a playmaker has been huge for and, I mean I, I know he does it in league play in yeah. Portugal but when he does it at the national team level glaring difference but he's playing out of position yeah so you're gonna look at his stat line and you you know he might not score but he's playing out of position that's the problem like he's doing things that it's like he shouldn't have to do it because now all of a sudden he's just t- more tired he's just thinking more he's not playing his natural role so between Willis Travis Tavario chicken. God, Chicken came in and he looks like a different animal compared to when he was doing playing night league. You know what it is? Because he's playing pro yeah. now. And he had the most quiet 14 points ever. I always thought like this would have been the perfect fit for him. Like Even when he was in school, I thought stretch for that kind of size put him in this situation and I think he's going to flourish. Like like how you were always telling people Willis is going to be that guy. Because I, re- I remember you saying that. When they played here mm-hmm. at, at Atlantis and they beat Mexico. And I think that was his first national team appearance. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember you saying this was it. I mean, this was his first one. But later on, you're going to see when he gets the chance and he gets the reps and he gets the opportunities, that moment's going to come. And, and he's only could, been playing ball for five years. And it couldn't have come at a better time. Oh, yeah, no. And we needed it. And like I said, we, this team had a bunch of real professionals, like, if you think about it. Um like I said, losing Shadi was was a big thing because I really feel that that, that was the guard. We, we that was more that was scary play. hours. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like when no. you t- when you told me he wasn't playing, it was scary hours. Yeah, and like, uh, I read that message and my shoulders slumped. And I was yeah, like, like we were praying for a miracle, and it just it, it is what it is. And you know, if I feel bad for him because he came all that way and he really wanted to play, and there's nothing worse than a player not playing 
and a team loses but when we won it that took a lot you know yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, all it, the pressure was yeah off, the, off it, it was more relieved than anything all right so let me run down some of these numbers quick we told you uh willis went for 25 and 10 shot eight as well from the field and five of seven from three like this five is said, this is buddy numbers yeah. these are buddy numbers yeah that that was the game uh michael thompson scored 19 he went 19 uh six boards five assists Travis had six, nine rebounds, and 11, 11 assists. assists. And you you don't, in FIBA play, you don't see people with these high assist numbers. Like Travis is averaging, level. he's the second ranked at assist in the America's region right now. So you literally have a guy who is not a point guard, number two in the region. He's just a playmaker at this point. Tavario Miller went for 12 and eight, chicken 14 and seven. And Tavario's playing out of position too because we're playing him at the five. Yeah. He was down. He was out there knocking down jumpers, taking them with confidence too. Like that. That really was one of the. And I think this is something that kind of happens when you know you shorthanded and your backs are against the wall. They played that game like that. Yeah, it's a good game. What'd you do in terms of coaching? Because me and Kari was like, you think they could let you on call a play? Man, I was. Too, I think I might have. I don't think I called. Did I call a play? I might have called like one because it was an out of bounds play, and it was like, oh, actually, no. <laughs> When we came out from halftime, me, Moses, and Steve got together, and they're like, what should we run? And I actually said, this is the play we should run. And they came out and scored the basket. I was like, woo. On your play? Yeah. <laughs> because it was just like, yeah, against USVI, it was um, it was just like, yeah, this is working. And it was for... You know how coaches always do the thing where they get the tech that they don't want to get? No, but like nobody really cares about the tech, but it's supposed to fire up the team. Did y'all consider it, and would you have had to be the one to do it since, you know? Oh, no. What fired the team up was, I think at one point, Moses was arguing with the referee. And I was telling Moses, say, Moses, you're not going to win this battle arguing with the referee. We need to get so-and-so out the game because they have X amount of fouls. And Moses turns me, then picks a pure Mario moment. And it was like, there you go. There you go. Come whoever just 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 get on this court because th- that's the biggest thing is managing minutes and foul trouble because we actually prepared a um what we were going to do in the game with managing minutes right and we actually the first quarter went pretty much the plan the second quarter was all right and then the third quarter it was like yeah we're just gonna scrap this entire thing because foul trouble because at that yeah. point you just gotta go win yeah it was foul trouble and everything so and it then- was and then after you get that win under your belt, and then you had game two against the DR, and everybody, well, for the most part, looked sharp. Not everybody. No, but, like, that's another thing. We, um, me and Moses sat down, and we were saying, we've got to start JR to keep Mikey's legs fresh, right? And don't get me wrong, it worked. We just stopped running plays. We started just, instead of us keeping the game slow, like we say we were going to do slow the game down, we started becoming a track meet. Yeah. And we're going to lose track me because we don't have the legs. Playing like eight guys. And yeah. Not everyone was built for that. Like, no. How many pro guys were on? Like, four or five that are used. And Travis even said that in the post game press. He was like, everyone wasn't used to playing these back to backs. Yeah. Like, some of us maybe, but not everyone. No, and playing the back to back is really tough. Like, like I said, we beat USVI. I think Travis had like 28 minutes because he fouled out the game or 31 or something. But we were thinking 
most of them were going to play 30 minutes. And he had to go 38 against yeah. the DR and shot think, more than he did in the first yeah, game. I think Tavario almost went 40 against the DR, yeah. too. Yeah, Tavario went 38, so yeah. did Travis. So those two were on the court for almost the entire game. Chicken went for 34. Yeah. So the front court basically never, just had to yeah, be out there and run. Exactly. And almost never left the floor. We really didn't have foul trouble against the Dominican Republic. Against USVI, we really had had players get in foul trouble, which it's difficult because... USV, USV has hoopers. Like, they could play. They had Samuel was playing well. Christmas was playing. Like, he's a, um, Aska. Aska's a baller. Like, it, it's scary because you're watching the game. And I remember I looked up at the clock and I was like, all right, we're up 10. And I think it was like three minutes in the game or something like that. And Steve turned to me and he's like, I think we have this. And I said, man, Steve, I've seen worse things. No, that's terrible. I, that's, yeah. That is the worst thing to say at that point. Yeah, I was like, I was like, nah, I like, I, I like the confidence, but in reality, I got to wait till this, this, this goes to zero. What, what was the mood like after the USVI game? Oh no, it was, it, okay. It wasn't as hype as one would expect because, you know, you had business to take care yeah, of. Yeah. And everyone yeah. expected to win the game. It wasn't a, th- a game where, you know, if we would have beat the DR, I mean, that would have been a different thing because no one would have expected that. But we went in there and we literally from day one, we have to take care of this business and this is it. Beat, US, beat, beat the Virgin Islands. Beat the Virgin Islands and then it was great because they were the first game. Yeah. If they were the second game. That would have been terrible because then you would have you gone into that game with those dead legs yeah. in the game, in the winnable game that you had to have. Yeah. So, like I said, it's it's. A great confidence. Like I said, after the um, after we lost the DR, you know, the coaches do this speech. Travis does a speech. And then I just reminded the players the same thing I said earlier in the Wait, podcast. Wait, you gave a speech? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, give us the cliff notes. Like, I no, just want the cliff the notes. the cliff notes speech. is there's a lot of doubters out there. Ah, always an always yeah. easy one to use. Yeah, there's always a lot of doubters. and Haters. Yeah. Create they. You, yeah. went, you know what that is? You went with the DJ Khaled approach. Exactly. They. they. We don't know who they I, I was Exactly. It's just, I was like, there's a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of people who didn't want us to be here. We yeah. were on the verge of withdrawing from this tournament. John and we proved the naysayers wrong. John just turned into DJ Khaled and lost. Yes. Room. That's all he did. That's it. That's all he did. We control our own destiny. And it worked. All right. Controlling our own destiny. Third window is in July. Yeah, first week of July. July first and July fourth are the scheduled games right now. And we have these. We have these same two. Yeah, USVI and Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen with that. We're trying to put. We want to host it because the whole thing is if we get the NBA players, we want to host it. We don't know if FIBA is going to try to go back to home and away, which would I don't think would be fair. Because Dominican Republic has hosted all the yeah, all the things the system's now. Systems already broken yeah, at this point. Exactly. So of COVID. I don't mind if they go back to home and aways in the second round, but this round we, we really want to try to get something going so we could have our NBA players play at home. And every time they, we get these schedules, they always have us in the summer playing away. Like yeah. that's not the point. The point is to to have them here. Let, let's show the home crowd what we have. I mean, if we could, if we could do that, no, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a very strong team. But hey, it still would go back to funding though, and so I gotta, br- I gotta bring it up again. Are any of those issues any closer to being resolved for the long term? Because it was enough for the team to go right now and to get to 
the DR for this window. But like you said earlier, that was a short term solution. That was putting a band aid on the yeah. problem. Like what no, happens moving um, forward now? We have uh, there's a couple of people who've reached out to us that there's supposed to be meetings, and I really feel that stuff's going to happen where we are going to have and Summer Thunder's coming back too. So Summer Thunder's going to help a lot with the financial woes that we've had. But long term, I really believe that Bahamas basketball is going to be financially stable from the summer going on. Like it's we're not going to we shouldn't have these problems that we've been having before. And especially if you get that is so easy to sell if you get the NBA guys and you're playing at home. Yep. Like if who's in charge of PR? I feel like it's still you. If if the BBF can't sell that, then they'll never be able to sell anything. Yeah, it's it is me as is, you know jack of all trades. Fifteen hats. Fifteen hats. Like you say, practice player made a shot, open shot. It's going to be on my Instagram soon. Now I could post it after the, the fact. By the time this is released. Oh, I got to tell you the thing. So, anyways, I sent it to Mikey, and Mikey sent it to Demarco, the head coach, right? And he starts laughing. He's like. Just get him a jersey. At this point, it doesn't matter, right? Get anybody, right? Yeah, just anybody. Then he said, um, he showed it to Steve Kerr. <laughs> Did Steve Kerr have any feedback? Yes. He what says, he, say? he looks like he knows how to play basketball and is a pretty good shot. You got props from Steve Kerr. I got props from Steve Kerr. All right, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> All right, that, that'll do it for this episode. John leads the Bahamas to victory is the headline, and I am going to be amazed by that forever.